Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Paul and Jordana and DJ. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. Hope mm-hmm. your day is going well. Uh it's May the 4th, and may the 4th be with you, and stick around because we're going to test your Star Wars knowledge coming up at 4.30. I had fun putting this quiz together. I learned stuff that made me do a double take. So uh, anyway, that's coming up at 4.30, and DJ is going to be preaching travel coming up in a few minutes. I saw something that made my head spin, Jordana. Uh, four and a half million Americans quit their jobs in March. That's the latest month we have data for. The U.S. labor market remained on fire. Four and a half million workers quit their jobs. And you know what the number one reason was? Jor? Um, Well, I answered this question during our show meeting, and I was wrong. So the reason I said was toxic work environment, you know, mean boss, right. bad boss, not non-supportive uh, work environment. And I guess I'm wrong. That would have been a good guess. Uh, I would have guessed uh, for pay. People, you know, looking for oh, greener pastures, sure. looking for more money. I have yet to meet anybody who says, hey, I want to be making less money. But <laughs> the major reason for quitting was to find a remote opportunity to find a job where you at least have the flexibility of doing some work from home. And I get that. A lot of people can't do that. But many yeah, people DJ's can. nodding. He can't do that. DJ can. He's going to go in. Not yet, DJ. But we're working on that technology so you can do all the switching from home. Wouldn't no, that be cool? Yeah, it would be cool. You're not working on that, though. I'm stuck here. Well, I got a team working on that right now. Unless That means you need to learn how to run the board, and we can switch spots every yeah. once in a while. So I'd I can do your job from Tahiti, and you can sit here on the board. <laughs> so but yeah, I get it. I, I, I mean, this flexibility, this, uh, this ability to work from wherever is unprecedented in the age of work, in the age of white-collar work. So um, I get it. Once you get a little bit of taste of that freedom of autonomy, of being able to run to the doctor's office or, you know, handle something that you wanted to handle on your private time and not be chained to a desk, I get it. It is liberating. If you can measure somebody's productivity, and if that person is productive, and, and look, you can't be productive eight hours straight. I mean, people say, you know, creativity, 
workflow mm-hmm. comes in bursts, right? In surges. And everybody needs to take a little break, a mental health break. You can't be on at high capacity for eight or 10 hours straight. It's just physically, mentally impossible. So I think this would have happened anyway, Jor, but the pandemic accelerated these changes that might have taken, you know, years, sure. maybe closer to a decade to take place. What's happening at Apple, yeah, that Apple is fascinating to me. 76% of Apple employees are unhappy with the company's back-to-the-office policies. Apple is demanding that workers return to the mothership for at least a couple of days a week. A couple of days a week. But the employees, the techies, six-figure, you know, more power to them, um, these employees are so against this that a slight majority claim that they're looking to leave. 56%. Of the 652 Apple techies who responded to a survey said they are looking to leave, even if they have to come in a couple of days a week. They're so used to working from home. But again, Mm -hmm. Apple would say, as many companies say, well, we want the collaboration. When when people get together face-to-face, not staring at a Zoom screen, you get better results. And there may be some truth to that. But I don't mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, it is interesting what's going on right now. That would cripple Apple as it would any company. Yes, it would. You know, if all of those, of course, if all of those people left. But um, look, I get it. You feel like you want collaboration because that's all that you know. But if people are still contributing and being productive and doing a great job, who cares? David's yeah. nodding. I, I think I, I don't know if the study, Paul, that you're quoting right now is talking about this, but to me, I think a lot of people want the right mix of in-person mm-hmm. and flexibility. Like I like I really value flexibility. I would love to someday have a job where I could travel more and work while I was gone and things like that. But at the same time, Like, I know that me sitting at my desk in my basement for 40-plus hours a week would be a bad thing for me. I need human interaction. I need Mm -hmm. to be out and about and see people. So, Mm -hmm. uh, And I think a lot of people are like that, where they go, my eyes have been opened by the pandemic that there's lots of different ways to slice and dice how the workday and the work week and the work year is organized, and I want to go find the right combination of that that suits me and my lifestyle. So I don't think it's just a one-way street out of the office into your home office. I think it's finding the yeah. right balance. Yeah, I agree. Balance. I was just talking to Ginny Berg, one of our salespeople, uh, salesperson extraordinaire. She's been at the station a long time, and she said they're back about three days a week. And she says it's good. You know, it is it is good for the sharing of ideas and just connecting with your, your coworkers. You know, we mm-hmm. I miss you guys when we're separate, and it is always fun when we're back in the studio together. It's like a, a holiday when we're back in the studio together. It's fun. We, we Facebook Live. We, we have fun. I know. It's like a party. But, you, wait, you miss, you miss DJ? You even miss DJ? More really? than you. I miss DJ more than you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and speaking of that, we're going to talk travel with DJ, preaching travel with DJ. And I love this segment idea. DJ titles it The Beauty of the Airport Run. And so many people think it's a chore to take somebody to the airport or pick somebody up. But of course, our ever positive DJ has a twist on that. Hear more next.
And I've DJ, I've never seen these words in a sentence. The beauty of the airport run. I mean, for me, it's it's always a chore and drudgery. And okay, I'll I'll go pick them up. But I can't say I look Holy forward DJ. to it. Tell me, I'm really mm. anxious to hear about how you've turned this into almost a litmus test, it seems. You know, it's interesting. I, you know, I grew up, and, and to this day, if I have to go to the airport, I, you know, will sometimes park or take public transit. But a lot of the times, I still ask people to take us to the airport. I ask friends or my mom or whoever, and, and people ask me too. Like, And that's something that I do somewhat regularly for people. I'm happy to mm-hmm. do it. And I was chatting with a friend of mine who moved away from the Midwest, and he's out in the Pacific Northwest now. And he was telling me that it's just not a thing people do out there. Like, He's got plenty of friends, but none of them would take each other to the airport. You don't do it. So one time we were in Colorado together, and he was like, my flight gets in at you know midnight and the public transit doesn't run very often and it's going to take me till three o'clock in the morning to get home or I got to pay 60 bucks for an Uber and nobody's going to pick me up because it's just not what we do. And it, it, it made me sad because I think, I don't know, even if it's inefficient, even if it would be more efficient to when your friend asks you to take you to the airport, say, well, can I just Venmo you the 20 bucks and you can take an Uber? Like, sure, maybe that's more efficient, but I don't know. I want to live in a community where we take each other to the airport. And I was reflecting about that recently, and two stories came to mind from people that I've driven to the airport recently. One was my uh, brother-in-law, who I just picked up from the airport a couple of days ago. And what happens is when you pick people up from the airport, they start to tell you, about their trip, right? Like you're still on the vacation high. You're excited. And he was bubbling, telling me about people he went to high school with that he hasn't connected with for years. And because of this trip, because of a long weekend they spent together, now they're inspired to connect more, which for them actually won't involve travel. It'll involve connecting virtually. They're going to, you know, game online together and find ways to connect on the internet because they live all over the country and can't connect very often. But that weekend that they got to spend together um, brought new value to the relationship, the the daily and weekly relationship that they will have online. Now, that's not a lesson I learned from my travel, but it's a lesson I got to learn from him just because I said, yes, I can throw my kids in the car for nap time and come and get you uh, at the airport on a Sunday afternoon. So Interesting. that was something that stuck out to me. And then I had another experience um, just – uh, a couple of weeks ago, talking, you know, driving with a friend and hearing about his trip with a group of four guys. So get this four 40 ish year old guys went to an all inclusive in Mexico together. Oh. And my friend is describing this. He's going, This isn't something I would normally do. Like, I, I just kind of said yes because they were friends and I should, sure, let's do it. And then he's like describing them staying up till three o'clock in the morning at the disco every night and making friends (laughs) with, you know, they're making friends with like a woman and her daughter who are there. And then they're on the beach with them like late at night. And these, uh, you know, these people that they've never seen before and will never see again are saying, you know, you made our trip happen because these four men decided to breach out. So anyway, these stories I'm hearing, I'm going, Really, that's like an odd way to travel, and it was four guys who weren't out to, like, you know, find somebody and hook up. They were guys with families back home that were just out to have a good weekend. And anyway, all that to say, 
I learned about other people's travel and, and shared in their joy just because I said yes to picking them up at the airport. And what it reminds me of, and I've read studies like this before, but there's, there's a study I, I, I just read from a number of years ago that talks about the joy we get from travel. And I think that's part of what we do. We, we travel so that we can experience joy in our lives, partially at least. And some studies have shown that you actually get more joy from the anticipation of the travel and the reflecting back, looking at pictures, regaling stories of your travel than you do from the actual trip itself. So with that in mind, if I can drive you to the airport or pick you up from the airport, like I get to share in a little bit of that joy on a random Tuesday where I just said yes to pick you up at the airport. I get a little slice of your vacation by doing that. Yeah. A return on investment. I I like that a lot. First of all, I think that's true. Anticipating a trip and planning for a trip and counting down the days. I mean, that's really such a huge part of the experience. And you know, it's funny that uh, my kids love a surprise. They love to surprise their grandparents or surprise a friend. And that's okay once in a while. But sometimes when the grandparent knows they're coming or they can share together, well, what do you want to do and what should I keep in the house and where should we go? You know, you, you sort of rob them of some of that joy for knowing, oh, three more days and then I get to see my babies. Three, you know, so I, I again, surprises are fun, but it's great when you can plan together and the, that anticipation is delicious. Yeah. And DJ, listening to you too, two, two thoughts came to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, a friendship, you have to invest in your friendships, mm. right? I mean, it's like anything else in life. And it, it, sometimes it's a little too easy to say, well, I texted them, I emailed them, I even called them. And so, okay, I'm, I'm up to speed. I've topped off my friendship. When in reality, sometimes, you know, it does require face-to-face, right? And, and it's not practical. Like, if... If travel or if friendship were just about being practical, then you go, all right, well, the most efficient way for me to go to Florida and sit on the beach is to do this and to go by myself and I'll be much faster. Well, when you say it like that, it sounds ridiculous. No, you go slow. You go with friends. You enjoy the ride. You enjoy the journey. And it's hard to actually do that sometimes. But I think at the end of the day, we all know that that's a better way to travel and it's a better way to pursue friends, right? Like having a friendship isn't about efficiency. Yeah, you're right. I love that you take people to the airport because I guess you have an experienced Jewish male travel disease. <laughs> it is an affliction that all Jewish males at some point are afflicted well, with, you know, mostly after their bar mitzvahs. Uh, they are afflicted with Jewish male travel disease. Some of the symptoms are colored coat color-coded folders of itinerary and car and uh, hotel reservations. And it often comes with a lot of surrounding stress, telling, bossing people around, possibly getting annoyed at a gate agent. Um, It is not a good disease to have, (laughs) but all Jewish males at some point will become afflicted with this. Um, JMTS. It's not catchy. Don't worry. It's not, uh, you, you can't catch it. So DJ like is a great traveler. He would never come down with Jewish male travel disease, but it, um, it is a problem for our tribe. 
Hmm. So, yeah. so, so it would be a problem if, if, if like, I was going to take you and, and Mark to the airport. I'd have to, like, get you there six hours early, that kind of a deal, right? There might be some lunacy involved. <laughs> there there might yeah. be um, some yelling, some telling you which way to go to the airport, <laughs> some uh, stressing out about where to drop us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, good thing so, Paul volunteered for that airport run already. So. Yeah. Hey. I sometimes you know, it's it's like being out on a golf course. Sometimes my kids tell me stuff on the airport runs yeah, that they might true. not tell me on the phone. I know. Or yeah, in another true. setting, they they it's almost like a yeah. confessional. You know, in my car on the way to the airport. It's weird, but for you're sure. you're onto something. It, yes, it's because again. Travel gets us out of our comfort zone, puts us in a different frame of mind, and you are mm. either still or already experiencing that when you're even on the way to the airport, right? And yeah. you can you can get in a little bit on that adventure if you're the one hey. doing the drop-off. DJ, Jor, at the end of our lives, it won't be, hey, how much money did you make? And it's it's going to be who you loved and what you did and what you saw, you know? God created an amazing world, and I, I want to see as much of it as I can. And uh, I'm, I'm so glad we do these segments, Preaching Travel. Me Thank too. you, DJ. You bet. Me Say too. yes when somebody asks you to give them a lift to the airport. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. the best, yeah. DJ. He's the best. Hey, when we come back, testing your Star Wars knowledge. Today's terrible trivia when we come back on CCO. <laughs> May the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you. May the fourth. It's fun. I love this day. It's fun. We get to talk about Star Wars. Are you a fan too, Paul? I mean, did you see all the movies? I I am. I can't say that time. I'm. I'm not a Star Wars nerd. I've seen most of the movies. I enjoy them. Uh, I. I do like science fiction, and so yeah. I. You know, I'm all in on Star Wars, but. Do I obsess over it? No. I, no. <laughs> anyway. Well, that's why you've written a quiz for us today. I'm a fan. I'm not going to say I know everything. Um, David, are you a fan or were you too young when they first came out? Uh, 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 too young and I don't know. Yeah. I was outside or playing baseball or something. It's I missed it. not for you. Yeah, got it. <laughs> got it. Star All right, Wars, Paul. Grandpa. Well, you're up. What's you have a fun about? quiz. All right. Well, we'll see. <laughs> You'll be the judge of that. Six questions. Who wants to lead off? Jordana does. I'll start. Jordana's. Okay. All right. Who created Star Wars? A. George Lucas. B. Steven Spielberg. C. Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> George Lucas. Is correct. There you go. 1977, the first Star Wars movie. And he knew he had a hit and... I think he knew there would be sequels. So uh, he started mm-hmm. it off, George Lucas, Lucasfilms. Okay, good job, Jor. DJ, according to Yoda, mm-hmm. you, you know Yoda, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah for okay. sure. What is the path to the dark side? Is it A, greed, B, fear, C, Minnesota winters? <laughs> <laughs> or fear uh boy i'm gonna be terrible at this quiz i think it's fear i think fear would be the path to the dark side 
You are absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. Master Yoda said, fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads mm-hmm. to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Thank you, Master Yoda. Boy, is Yoda right. related to Shrek? That. Is that the same thing? Are they the same species? I think, yeah. Yeah, okay. I think so. They okay. grew up Just together in the keep same track. commune. Okay. Yep. Yeah. But Yoda was very wise. Mm-hmm. He had very he good, very he wise. or it had very good advice. And I wish that, you know, this happened in 1979. So let's... Uh, start listening to him we should have been listening this whole time because now we have so much more fear well i'm more acutely aware of it now in our current climate i would vote for yoda i wish yoda would run for office i think uh he would get a majority of votes all right jor who did anakin skywalker grow up to be a ben solo b princess leia C, Darth Vader. Anakin Skywalker. Darth Vader. Is correct. God, I made this too easy. You made it a little too right, easy. Little yeah, easy. you made it a, a, little, right. a little too easy. Now it, it gets I'm, I'm a no little super harder. Fan, oh, thanks. Okay. Yeah. Well, I wanted to get your confidence up <laughs> and, and then dash that confidence on the rocks yeah. of reality. You know, that's what we will do now. Okay, DJ, what is the highest grossing Star Wars film? Ooh, okay. Is it Star Wars The Last Jedi? Star Wars Episode 7 The Force Awakens? Or C, Star Wars Episode 5 The Empire Strikes Back? You have no Boy. idea. Yeah, I have no idea. I I was going to go with like a newer one cuz I would think the newer. I think it's the what's the second one you mentioned? Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Yeah, I'll take that one. Force, Force Awakens. Can I? Can I guess? Yeah, I'm going to say it's The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, DJ is right. Oh, DJ, that. who who played baseball and saw no Star Wars movies, <laughs> I've seen one. Is or two. correct. <laughs> the Force the Awakens, nine hundred thirty-six million dollars oh. worldwide. Yeah, no thanks to me. Good wow. grief! Wow. <laughs> God, you're tired. I remember two seeing two. The Empire okay. Strikes Back at a drive-in. Ooh. My dad took us to a drive-in okay. to see oh. The Empire Strikes Back. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Drive-ins. A good way to see Are it. Are there still drive-ins in the metro? Mm-hmm. I hope so. Um, one or two left, I there's think. Yeah. One. Ah. I know there's one. Mm-hmm. All right. Here we go. I think this will ultimately break the tie. Jordana, where was the first Star Wars movie filmed? Ooh. Most of the movie. Was it A Iran? B, Arizona. C, Tunisia. I'm going to say Arizona because I don't know that they had the budget to be overseas because it was the first Star Wars movie. So I'm going to say Arizona. Oh. Oh, George. Wow. George. It was, it was, was Tunisia. It? And, oh, Tunisia. Oh, boy. I Tunisia. Done a, a bad yeah. Job. Wow. So Good for them. Right next to Libya. And get this. I didn't know this. The Tunisian government received threats from Muammar Gaddafi. What? Warning that a conflict was inevitable if they didn't remove a military vehicle from the Libyan border. That military vehicle was actually a Jawa sandcrawler that was in the first Star Wars. They mistook it for a military vehicle. It's a good thing that it didn't trigger a war. It almost oh did. My God. Muammar Gaddafi was upset with all these Star Wars props. Yeah, That's crazy. I didn't know that. That's crazy. 
Isn't that weird? Okay, last question, DJ. Yep. In Return of the Jedi, which character required bodyguards for when they weren't on the set? Was it A, Luke Skywalker, B, Han Solo, or C, Chewbacca? Oh, well, I think you're trying to trick me, so I'm going to go with Chewbacca. (laughs) You are... You're right. Look at that. You just guessed that, didn't you? But well, yeah, of course I guess. But I'm a good guesser. I told you. Well, it's Chewbacca. He's the most identifiable. You know, I don't know if if people would recognize the other ones. uh, Right? This was the first movie. This this was uh, Return of the Jedi. But you know why he needed bodyguards when he was out and about? They shot this. In the Redwood Forests of Northern California. Mm. And the actor who played Chewbacca, Peter Mayhew, had to be chaperoned by bodyguards in brightly colored vests to protect him from hunters because they were afraid he would be mistaken for a bear and shot. And listen to this. The bodyguards also had to protect this poor guy, Chewbacca, from people searching the forest for Bigfoot, the <laughs> mythical sure. ape-like that's creature that's rumored to be hiding mm-hmm. in the Pacific Northwest. So Chewbacca needed his own team of bodyguards. How weird is oh, that? I don't know if he's in the Pacific Northwest, but he is in Northeast Pennsylvania because that's where I saw him running yeah, across yeah, Route yeah. 80 I knew this about would, 20 I years knew, ago. Oh, yeah, George. So. No. You I can see conspiracy why. Uh, that was fun, Paul. I don't know who won, but that was really fun. Thank you. I know who won. the fourth. DJ, DJ knows who won. Gee, that's why I don't know. It was close. <laughs> By one. DJ yeah. got it this time. Well, you good get job, the DJ. Gifts, DJ. Well done. Good job. Uh, twins have won 11 out of 12. Let's check in with Mike Max next. Oh, this is appropriate for wild fans. There will be better days. Maxi Sports brought to you by the John Schuster Group, Caldwell Banker Real Estate. And by the way, uh, the Twins take on the Orioles at 530. That's when the pregame begins. Great game yesterday. Ryan Jeffers, three-run homer for a 7-2 win over the Orioles. But Mike Max is in St. Paul. Game two for the Wild this evening against the Blues. Maxi, welcome. And uh, what's the mood over there? The mood is it's very nice outside, but they're not having the same party. The other day they had a party at Rice Park, and that was because yeah. it was game one to start two. So it, it, it's a little bit more sedate here tonight. Uh, people are just kind of at their own uh, uh, leisure trickling over. There's a little beanbag toss going on here. We're right by uh, Herbie's on the park, named after Herb Brooks, of course. And uh, uh, there's you know a smattering of fans so far, but a delightful night to be outside, Paul. It just feels yep. so good to be in the sunshine out here and uh, uh, they got some issues there if you exit off of uh, uh, when you come over here because they, I don't know why, but they've got road construction uh, on your way to the park uh, on, the, on your way to the arena that reduces it to just one lane and I, I, I said this reminds me of something. Oh yeah, Minneapolis. They must, they must oh, work boy. together on this because why would you do that when you know, you know your hockey team is going to be in the playoffs? Just a question. Well, sure. I, I, here's the deal, Maxie. They they do it just to annoy you. I mean, they're hoping yeah, that well, it will annoy you and that you will talk about it on the air. <laughs> it worked. It's working. It worked. Yeah, it's working. That's yeah. right. Yeah, but, yeah but we got here. It's safe. It's good. It's a big game for the Wild, of course. Can they win? Mark andre Fleury will indeed play, be in the Nets again. Uh, the goaltender, there was some 
talk uh, Cam Talbot could replace him. I thought he would. They made the decision to stay with Flurry, and they, they don't attribute the goals. Listening to Dean Evison necessary to, to Flurry the other day, they thought it was because they had uh, perfect line of vision shots, and uh, he said our defensemen have to be better or we need to be better in front of the net. It wasn't the goalie. So uh, 8.30, that's the uh, face-off here, and this is obviously you lose this one, and it's, it's pretty hard to get back into the series uh, if you're going back to, to St. Louis down two games to none. Mikey, what else are you working on today? We know the Twins, of course, are playing early. Uh, the Well, not early, but the pregame is at 5.30, so we're going to be off today. But what else are you uh, working yeah. on today? Yeah, yeah. Tw- twins in Baltimore, uh, Twins' hottest team in baseball, of course. And uh, uh, last night, where they, they just... They did everything right. Ryan Jeffers, the home run. You mentioned earlier, Byron Buxton turned an unconventional double play from center field on a tag up to second base. Uh, they got good pitching. You know, Joe Ryan wasn't at his best, didn't get the win, but he turned over the bullpen, uh, and they got there again. And uh, I know Baltimore's not the best team in the league, but the Twins are approaching something really special here as they prepare to come home this weekend. So uh, it'd be fun tonight to watch. It's kind of like every game. You're going, who's going to step up tonight? Last night it was Jeffers. We've seen Buxton. We've seen Correa of late. Uh, they're getting that kind of mindset, that mojo going right now. Hey, Maxie, I'm always fascinated with the business of of sports and the business of the NFL. It's a good business to be in. The NFL announced this morning that the Vikings will play the Saints in London in week four. And there are games in Germany and Mexico, not the Vikes. The Vikes are only playing in London, but they're trying to spread the gospel, right? The NFL gospel, other parts of the world. They've wow. been doing it, and, and Germany must be the priority because they're sending them Tom Brady. So they must really want to market there. They must be some <laughs> untapped uh, fan support there because wow. his team is going to play there. Uh, yeah, the, the Saints and the uh, Vikings are October 2nd in London. The next week, the Green Bay Packers will play the New York Giants in London. Uh, the uh, the Vikings are 2-0 and in London. Last time they played there was 2017. They beat mm-hmm. the Cleveland Browns, so they've had some success there. Uh, and uh, I think you know they'll play it's an 8 30 a.m kickoff uh so it's a brunch game wow. and it's you know I, i've been through these before them they're not, it, it, i'll be honest it's not the most fun to get up and you know all of a sudden you watch the vikings at 8 30 but uh you know they'll have fun with it uh the nfl's got it figured out they'll sell a bunch of jerseys and stuff they'll sell out the stadium and uh uh, I'm not sure if I didn't hear if it was a home or away game for the vikings they lost the home game on this or not but uh yeah they're, they're familiar with it thanks Mike for the time Max. mikey Go Wild, go Twins. The news is next on CCL. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.